0: Yep, you really do just need a humble smartphone and some minimal extra gear that doesn't have to break the bank to get started with field recording. And I've laid it all out in this handy five point checklist. So download it for free at femalediymusician.com forward slash learn with Isabel and elevate your music to the next level
1: basically i think the fear in a lot of people is if they haven't got like a stretch of three hours or something going on that oh well there's no point because i can't ever just get this like time where everything's quiet and um the one thing i wanted to say and this is this is this is coming from a mum's voice is that you can actually do so much with a few minutes
0: Hello and welcome to Girls Twiddling Knobs. My name's Isabel and over the last decade, my self-produced and self-released music has amassed over 25 million Spotify streams. I also have a PhD in Sonic Arts, but I wasn't always this confident with music tech. In fact, I still hear those self-doubt gremlins in my head from time to time. I started this podcast to help more female identifying musicians start recording and producing their music and learn from other women making music with technology. If that's your cup of tea then you're in the right place my friend. Let's dive in. Welcome back knob twiddlers to another fabulous episode of your favourite feminist music tech podcast Girls Twiddling Nobs. Now, if you're ever feeling pulled in all directions and struggling to find any time for yourself or your music, this week's episode is for you, because today we're talking all about how to carve out time to learn to record your music, even if you're stupid busy. And to explore this topic with me today, I've invited on a special guest, Kat Lawless, who despite being a mother, small business owner and musician, managed to carve out the time to go through my online course, Home Recording Academy. Now, Kat had really wanted to record her music for a long time, but had always felt it wasn't her place to, and even though she'd had good experiences in the studio, knew she'd feel so much more free and comfortable doing it herself. The biggest thing holding her back from gaining these skills? Time. With all the other more important things, and I've put those in quotation marks, in her life, music felt like a trivial frivolity that was far too self-indulgent. Can you relate? But Kat went through Home Recording Academy and completed it in 10 weeks, which I just want to say is not something I expect of my students, by the way, hence why I give my members lifetime access so they can go at their own pace. But each week inside the private course community, I'd see Kat posting her progress and sharing the efforts she was making to carve out time. Like Kat will say, it wasn't easy, but there were some key strategies that she used to get her Home Recording Academy Certificate of Completion and start her recording and production journey. So I couldn't pass up the chance to pick Kat's brains here on the podcast so that anyone listening right now who's struggling to find time to invest in their skills and musical development can learn from her experience and follow in her footsteps. But before we get into all that good stuff, let's meet Kat and hear about what led her to wanting to record herself in the first place. So welcome Kat to Girls Twiddling Knobs. It is wonderful to have you here. It's so nice to be here Isabel. I am very excited. I I had to get you on because um, you are just such a great example of someone who when they really put their mind to it has carved out the time to learn these really important life skills of recording and production And, um, and I know that there's people listening to the podcast who have probably wondered if they'll ever get the time to do it. So I just thought you'd be a wonderful person to have on. Um, Yeah, so I know that you have some great tips for people listening and we'll get to them um, after we've had a, a chat. But firstly... Um, I wondered if you could introduce yourself to the listeners um, and tell us a little bit about Little Folk Nursery Rhymes and and all the other things that you do. So my
1: name's Kat. Um, I am the grand old age of 52. I have got two boys who are, one's a teenager and one's almost a teenager. Um, I am married still, just about. <laughs> Lockdown was hard. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, no, we're we're fine, we're fine. But basically, um, and I live in southeast London, and from a wee little dot, I adored music. Like my mum says things like, you know, I would just be constantly humming all the time. Um, if I heard music as a baby, like my body would like shiver and shake, and literally it has been like that from the word go and it has been my constant through my whole life. And it always kind of surprised me that all my girlfriends weren't really that into music because I just was like, wanted to listen to it all the time. And it was a bit more like I was a bloke at certain stages because all the, all the blokes I knew were allowed to like, like music and and reference it and stuff like that. But all my girlfriends were talking about, um, well not really talking about music or not even really listening to music or it just, kind of confused me a bit so i was a bit like oh okay um so anyway i w- i was always like writing songs or writing words i didn't know i was writing songs i was just like things would like pour out of my head and i'd get all these like melodies and stuff like that in my head and so i didn't really know what to do with them but i always knew that i wanted to do that and i think from a formative age my dad has got an amazing voice and basically he was in a band and, and as a tot i would see him on stage playing his guitar and stuff and and i think that's probably where that came from as well so it was all kind of going on in me um and then at school now this is something isabel because um on isabel's course um she delves really quite deeply into what you feel about your music and why you want to do music and it's it's completely fascinating and you kind of reveal quite a lot about your about your attitude to your music and um but this thing that came into my head today Actually didn't come out in the course, and I think it must have been buried so deep down wow. that it wasn't ready then, so anyway, this was the thing I wanted to tell you, Isabel is mm-hmm. that um I was trying to think about you know when I liked singing stuff like that before I actually got into writing actual songs, and when I was at school, I think the music teachers like I'm not saying I've got this amazing voice, but I think I've got a voice that um you know is listenable to, mm-hmm. and I would always get picked to do the solos and what would happen is I'd get this complete joy that they'd recognize that I loved singing Mm -hmm. followed by a massive, massive blow because I got bullied for it. And it would always be like, oh yeah, she's got picked again. What a surprise. And so I, I always had this feeling of like, I love singing or no, I can't sing because they'll just make fun of me. And, um, and I just was wondering how much that has fed in to my journey of my singing and music for the rest of my life, because Somewhere deep down in there, I think maybe that voice was still there going, oh, not you again. So that has really
0: intrigued me today because that's quite a lot to sit with. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah, no. And I think that um, there'll be lots of people, I'm sure, who can relate, particularly with singing, I think, and particularly at school. Um, I think people it yeah, like you say, it's this real double-edged sword. It brings attention yeah. to you. Yeah. And kids will always get jealous of that and start picking on people. And mm. but on the other hand, it's a nice feeling to feel like you, you do something well. Yeah, of course. You know, course. And, and also... And it's and just... Sorry. Particularly if you love it too. Yeah. You know, particularly if it just makes you feel... It lights yeah. you up and you just feel alive. And, well, this
1: is it. It's exactly that. When I mm. sing it I feel like there's something going on in me that just makes me feel like the best me. And it and yeah. I, I like I've had it all my life and I just mm-hmm. but what's been so hard is that I've squashed it down, squashed it down, squashed mm-hmm. it down. No, no, no. And I sort of carried on, but I've always loved music. So I carried on and I ended up um being in a band and you know I did do some of the singing. I was a terrified singer then. I found it really frightening. But I knew I had this voice that I wanted to do something with. Then I left to go to university. And um, in the band, they'd kind of said, oh, well, we can't really translate your songs you write because you don't write music. So we're not going to do them. I mean, they maybe didn't say it quite as abruptly as that, but it felt like that in my head. And um, anyway, so I went off to university when I was 20 and I vowed to learn to play the guitar because I had all these songs spinning around. um, And I've just forgotten something, actually. So music's always been there. And we got um, me and a best mate. We ended up there's a band called Jesus Jones. I don't know if you know them, but they were in the 80s. They were quite big and Mm. we basically hung around with them just as they were really getting quite famous. And the people that we used to meet, oh my God, Isabel, like they were so powerful in the music industry, but we just didn't know. We were just a couple of silly little (laughs) 17-year-olds just having a laugh. Yeah, And things like we would get people, we made up a name for ourselves, which was the Chuff Sisters. This was our band, the Chuff Sisters, because we were like (laughs) right on the girls and we were like, yeah, we're going to have a name with body parts in (laughs) <laughs> and basically, we had we had people put fake gigs into the NME, to the Melody Maker, saying the Chuff Sisters were playing at all these venues. We'd go to parties, and I would hear people say, oh, they're the Chuff Sisters. Wow. And it just made me so realize that all that industry is just full of guff, because we'd done yes. nothing. We'd yes. literally done nothing. Yes. So I yes. think that as well made me go, oh, yeah, it's all a bit weird. It's all yeah. a bit weird. Yeah. So anyway, Crack On, I learned to play guitar. And then over the years, I worked. Um, so just this is all sort of introducing why I love music so much. Um, mm. I, I worked for an amazing company. Um, it was an independent television company. And for 10 years, we made music documentaries. And it was just wow. so I wasn't doing my singing, but I was always surrounded by yeah. music and I just loved it and they were called classic albums and they are the best music documentaries you will see wow. they're completely amazing and there's loads of them out there um so always I continued this and yeah. being in that forum it started making me go oh maybe I should start doing some songwriting again and, and like you know maybe I should just sort of pull this together and da, da da and um so I started doing that and then babies came along Mm -hmm. And then I just kind of was like, oh, God, I can't do anything else. I'm absolutely exhausted. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. But then I always kept it going because Mm -hmm. if you write songs, you just write songs, don't you? Mm -hmm. I mean, you just Mm -hmm. can't stop that thing. It's just always there. And, um, And then to cut the really long story, I ended up doing it. When my second baby came along, I was so annoyed with myself that I'd not done anything with it. That I booked, that I I phoned up for an open mic, and I just made myself go and do an open mic in a far, far away place from where I lived, so no one would know me. <laughs> and I was absolutely terrified. But I did. I think I did five songs on a guitar, and like I'm not proficient at guitar. I'm fine at guitar, and I'm mm-hmm. you know I dabble with keyboards a bit, but I just love the whole writing of the song. Yeah. And um, I did it, and I just thought, do you know what? This is what you love doing, so just crack on with it. And then fast forward, I then decided – I got in touch with – God, this is going on so long – but I got in touch with um, a guy that I used to be in a band with because I'd followed his career. Like I hadn't seen him for 24 years, Uh but I'd seen that he'd been doing some producing – I've seen that he'd been working. I won't name any names just because in case he doesn't okay. want to be involved in anything <laughs> to do with <laughs> but he's really he involved he's like involved with really big names. He's played at Glastonbury with really big names. and I just wrote to him because there was a weird serendipity where my old boss from the television music documentary mm-hmm. company had written an album, and I saw on the music credits that this guy was the producer, and I could not believe that this person from my past that I hadn't seen for 24 years had worked with my boss. Like, what's the chance of that happening? So anyway, I got in touch with him just to ask him if he would know anyone to produce because I'd got some tracks ready, and I was determined, being a mum of two, Mm -hmm. I've got to get this album done. I've just got to get it done. And um, so I went to him. I played him some songs, and I I was just hoping that he would – put me on to someone that could help me and he yeah. said he would do it
0: and I wow. literally
1: could not believe it because the caliber yeah. he deals with is just bonkers yeah and anyway but the thing is Isabel, and this is what I wanted to share with your lovely um, podcast listeners is it has taken me fucking seven years <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I'm so I so can't believe it but you know it, it is what it is yeah and so this is really sort of um prescient the conversation mm-hmm. we're having mm-hmm. in a minute mm-hmm. about the um how do you find the time sometimes totally. you have just got to go this isn't going to be a quick yeah. one this is something that I'm just going to have to every now and then nudge along and be yeah. really patient and now after seven years um I'm about to go to the mastering in like two weeks time Oh, wow. That's
0: so exciting. So, Kat, does that mean you've got the mixes done? Yeah. Wow. And are you happy with it? I. This is the thing, Isabel. So, mm-hmm.
1: the whole reason I did your course mm-hmm. was I did not have a language to speak to the producer in. Mm-hmm. I had things like, oh, you know, I, I'd quite like it to be a bit tinkly there or, you know, I yeah. had some female words, but I didn't mm-hmm. have the jargon. So yeah. he, I have to say, he's completely brilliant. And I have to say, he did get inside my head. But after seven years, and also we have been friends 20 years before. So he kind of knew that I was a bit out there and a bit like, ah, la la, la, la. <laughs> um, so he did understand what I was going for, I think. So I was really lucky. But because mm-hmm. it's taken so long, and I bet you've had this experience, there are a few songs on there that I'm a bit like, oh, that's not me anymore. But yeah. do you know what, having done your course and knowing that you don't have to be perfect and no. I'm just seeing that as a literally a, rec- a record of that time and yeah. in space when I'd written it. And I have to say there are I think there's eight tracks on there mm-hmm. and five of them I'm pretty bloody proud of three of them, not so much, but they stand up. They're okay. Yeah. They're okay. Yeah. But what, what I wanted to do is basically get that out there as soon as possible. And then I can go on the, the, the sort of amazing journey that you have started for me, which is get into the right record because I will be able to go on my door and then release. And I just want to I just want to get myself into that flow. And that's why I did your amazing course.
0: Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you make a really good point that there's some some projects or some times in our life where we have to be patient with ourselves and with the process and um and that it's not bad all the time for things to take a long time. Mm. It's not necessarily a bad thing that sometimes things need to take a long time because we need time to, you know, just for things to percolate. You're or, so right. You know, You're so like right. I think our culture has this narrative that everything has to be now and mm. we always have to be doing things at a certain pace that stands up to, to the next person and yeah. that's not true you know no. and some things come out of long periods of gestation yeah and I, I think also the thing is I mean I was I was reading
1: like I absolutely love people like Carole King, Joni Mitchell I would kiss yes. their feet I just adore them I just <laughs> yeah. you know, can't even imagine how brilliant they are and um I've been reading the Carol King <laughs> autobiography for about the third time, and um, you know, she wrote Tapestry. Literally, I think wrote like recorded it in maybe about like three days, wow. <laughs> something <Yeah>. like that. <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh my god, I've spent seven years doing this thing that, of course, is nowhere near Tapestry," and she did it <laughs> like this. And so then I started getting really upset with myself. And then I stopped and I went, hang on a minute. You have been growing your kids. You've been keeping your business going. And actually, I don't think I was ready any time before now Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to actually say this is my album. I think now finally I can unashamedly say I've recorded an album and I'm going to release it. I don't think even last year I felt brave enough to say that. And I think that's thanks to doing your course and
0: working on my stupid attitude to it all but it's not the thing is it's not stupid because so many of us struggle with this and it's it's messages that we're absorbing for years and years and years you know and like you say you know it can even start at school where people are even picking on you because you put your yourself out there. Yeah. Um but all the way through to other musicians telling you that your ideas aren't valid because you don't, you know, you don't read and write music. Yeah. There's so many things going on and not to mention this idea, we're obsessed with youth and we're obsessed with people (laughs) making it big overnight when we're in our early twenties and, you know, anything else. And it's like, well, you know, you're, you're obviously not that amazing, Mm. but I, I really don't believe in that. I really believe that we explore different parts of ourselves over a whole lifetime. And yeah, it could be that Maybe you were meant to to make an album now, maybe you you know not it gives me shivers it, it gives me shivers because I think
1: I didn't really know why I had this compulsion impulsion or whatever the word is to make an album, but it's been in me since I can remember it's yeah. like that's what that's what you do if you write songs that's what you do. And I've just, dream- Like I have literally dreamt about it for so long. Mm. And I feel now like I understand the sort of album I wanted to make. I know yeah. why I want to make it. I know who it's for. But yeah. that has taken me a lifetime to, yeah. to understand why. And I feel like I can sort of proudly say now why I want to and who it's for.
0: Yeah. Whereas
1: I didn't really know I was a bit confused and there was no narrative to it and and now I just kind of get it it's just Mm. finally Mm. it's finally I kind of understand what I want to do and why Mm. I want to do it I wish Mm. it taken
0: a little bit less time (laughs) but like you say you know it's not like you haven't been doing anything else you know you've been raising two kids and and keeping a small uh, your own small business going yeah which is no mean feat oh my god it's so isn't so much work so much work (laughs) so we've kind of established um how you've got into music um I just want to clarify so you your album is going to be under your musician name which is Cat Lawless yeah that's right yeah yeah and then you also have a business which is Little Folk Nursery Rhymes yeah and so how long has that been going for
1: so that um has been going for in October 10 years I literally wow. can't I literally can't believe it oh my it. god so it can I know it can well I, I'm actually completely stoked that I've kept it going yeah <laughs> especially, through lockdown, especially through lockdown especially through lockdown so basically that all came about because obviously I just love music and mm-hmm. to be honest as long as I'm doing any music that's completely fine um mm-hmm. obviously my passion is to do my own songs but I had the kids I sort out any groups that were musical because obviously I just love music and so I wanted to surround them with music and found these you know some local groups that were really lovely and there was like a lovely guitar man at the library and there were some other things that I went to and one of them was a um like a voluntary group run by mums for mums it'd been going for like literally it'd been handed from a mum to a mum for about 20 years i went really loved it took both my boys and always got involved with the singing. Absolutely loved it. You know, it was my one little outlet to sing. And I and um, I started being like noticed in that if people were away that would lead it that that, that would normally lead it, they'd go, "Oh, cat, you can sing. You do it," sort of thing. So I'd be like really nervous, but I go, "Oh, okay, okay." And then eventually, the woman who ran it didn't want to run it anymore because her kids had grown up and she wanted to move on. Mm. And there was no one else to step up to do it. And I was just like, oh, I can't do that. I can't, I, you know, I, I was like, I can't commit to doing that every week. No, it's going to be too difficult. And um, and then I just thought, you're only not doing it because you're scared. That's just ridiculous. And then I just couldn't bear to let that sort of um beautiful arc of women passing it on from one yeah. to another In my watch, how could I let that go? I just felt so – I just couldn't let that happen. So I did step in, and I did it for actually a couple of years. And then I just – it wasn't like everyone said it to me. But over those years, I got quite a few people going, Kat, you should do this. Like, you should have your own business and make some money out of this. You're always saying you need to earn some money. Mm -hmm. Um, Why don't you do this sort of thing? So long story short, I looked into it, and I was just like, oh, no, all the vendors are so expensive. It'll be a nightmare. And then I met this incredible woman at a local garden. It's like this dingly little Dell in Sydney where I live. And she's Dutch and she's really forthright. And she said, look, if you're thinking of doing that, do it here. And don't be one of those people that lets me down and doesn't do it. Do what you're do, do what you're saying you're gonna do. And I was yeah. just like, okay. <laughs> and um, <laughs> thanks to her, so I I for the first time ever, I took my guitar and sang nursery rhymes in front of people. And people came and people liked it and then more people yeah. came. And so over the years it's just grown and grown and I have lots of lovely different venues that I do it at and I just – my strap line is music and singing for everyone because I just think if we all have music in our lives, God, mm-hmm. the world is just such a hard place to be sometimes mm-hmm. and it's just it's, – it's my absolute joy and I feel so lucky that from the word go – I have had this special thing in my life because I do – and, it, like, I don't ever want to sound like a up-myself twat, but I do feel sorry for people that don't have something that gives them a spark like this because yeah. however shit I feel, I know I've always got singing yeah. and music. Like, mm-hmm. it just lifts me out of everything. And um, yeah. so I do feel really – I never, ever take it for granted this special thing that I have with it, I just love it so much. And um, so I just love spreading that. And so seeing it in little people has been a complete joy. And I I, I must have sung to thousands and thousands of children now in 10 years. And I just love that. And so yeah, I just feel really lucky to have that business. And at the end, I will plug it for anyone listening that's got little ones. Yes,
0: absolutely. <laughs> no, we, we will definitely include link a link in the show notes and yeah, thank you, it's a Cat. No, that that's really good to know because also the thing is there'll be people here listening here who maybe haven't managed to kind of turn their music into some kind of business or platform, and that. Um, and, and it's good to know that there's different behind the scenes of musicians in terms of it's not just about releasing your music. You can do that and also set up a business that does something slightly different, but still yeah. using your skills. And, you yeah. know, um, so I think that's really, really interesting to hear about that.
1: And it came, that I think definitely...
0: although, you know,
1: you get to the point where I'm thinking, oh, you know, it's not exactly edgy doing my nurse rooms and stuff. And I really want to be working on my music. But what it has done And, and, you know, this is totally unbeknown to me, really, but it's Mm -hmm. made me really relaxed in front of an audience because every single day I'm singing in front of, like, loads of mums. And so – and I've got a better banter with people and and it's honed my guitar skills because, like, people were watching, so I was like, oh, my God, I've got to get better at this. So I've practised my guitar every single day without even having to force myself because I'm just doing it every day. So there's been – lots of benefits for myself that I never could have imagined. Yeah, um, so yeah. just because it's not cool and all that sort of stuff, the joy of passing music on mm. to little people and seeing them shiver and shake with joy when they hear an mm. instrument. Oh, my God. There's like nothing like it. I feel really lucky that I sort of made that. I know people always tell me off because I always go, oh, it just sort of happened. They're like, no, Kat, you did it yourself. And I hate <laughs> yeah. sort of saying that, but however it all came about – I'm really pleased that I've pushed it on and progressed yes.
0: it. Oh, I mean, look, Kat, there is no doubt at all that if you have made a business work for 10 years, you have put some very hard graft in. I mean, I've found that doing lots of different types of roles in music, like you are saying, has massively enhanced just me as a person, as an artist, Completely. as a practitioner. Yeah. I, know. I mean, God, the amount of stuff I've learned from teaching – Music mm. production, yeah. songwriting, all that stuff. It's you know yeah. I, I'm a different musician at the other yeah. side of it. So yeah. Um. So maybe we could just talk a little bit, um, cat about, um, why, how you felt about recording and your music before you started le- learning to do it yourself. And I know, like, like you said, you joined Home Recording Academy. So mm. how did you feel about it all before you joined Home Recording Academy? I think I'd got to the stage,
1: having gone through all the different, like being in a band, doing stuff on my own, doing some open mic nights on my own, and stuff like that. I think I got to the stage where I'd started to feel like my songs are okay. Like I, I, you know, I'd allowed myself that, isn't it ridiculous? But I'd allowed myself to think, yeah, you know, they're quite okay, Um, (laughs) and. I'd worked out that there was this body of songs that I I just had this burning desire to put down. I just wanted to kind of show my sons that even if you're doing something not for money or not for any, you know, it's not like I want to be a bloody pop star, is it? There's no, there's no okay. real reason to actually do an album. I, I could just go, yeah, I've written these songs and I just leave it like that. But I've always had, like I said before, just this urge to kind of like, have a bloody CD in my hand that I've done, you know, yeah. that the, the songs are written and, you know. And um, but I think my actual feeling about it was completely terrified. Completely terrified because I mm-hmm. felt like I was the person that had written the songs, but then all the magic wizardry, jiggery pokery was all someone else's outlook, and that I had no say in it. That was literally that's like that's the production yeah and putting it into a record yeah like to yeah. me that was none of my business. I had no no sort of business going near that bit. Right. I would just go and show the songs and then I would let them do so that was that was how I imagined it would be literally that and um then when I actually went into the studio and I was lucky in that I was doing it with um, an old friend. And it was kind of, he was a very welcoming person in the studio. And he had yeah. he had a studio that wasn't scary. It was like, and I love the way you in your course say like a home recording space or an area. Yeah, it's not a studio. Yeah. It's not like. Blah, blah, blah. And his was more like, I would imagine your setup is. It mm-hmm. was a room that was in actually a big kind of mastering and mixing recording pl- sort of building. There was lots of studios all around. He was renting one room. So it was mm-hmm. just quite cosy. And yeah. there wasn't like a massive desk or anything like that. It was all like lots of digital stuff. There was bits in here and everything, but it wasn't too scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I did find it, you know, I think when you sing you actually, it's quite a sensitive thing to do. And I think this is what I've learned, actually. And moving forward, I've learned this and I will always approach it in this way now. Mm. But I think I was quite nervous to sing in front of him and we would literally go, okay, let's do that now. So there was no kind of like, chill I'd had an hour and a half journey to get there it was ridiculous it was somewhere miles away from me so I'd have a really long journey I'd get there and we'd kind of start but I yeah I didn't realize that what I should have been doing was fucking chilling out getting in the zone kind of saying what I wanted get a bit Mm. of a mood in the place and just feel a bit calm and so Mm. I learned so much through him teaching me to just learn about things like that um And I'm not saying we always understood each other like we were always arguing about. He'd always put fucking electric guitar over everything. And that was the one thing that I was really passionate about not being on my records because, you know, electric guitar has got its place. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. I love all the music. But my sort of style, I feel is, well, he calls it, I've never really known what to call what I do, but he says, Kat, you're really singer-songwriting. You're really singer-songwriting. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that kind of makes sense because I'm obsessed with, like, that period of the L.A. Canyons and Carol mm-hmm. King and Joni Mitchell mm-hmm. and Cosby Stills mm-hmm. and Nash and all that. So it kind of makes sense that that's sort of what I have felt fallen into. But, um yeah, it was just I knew that the one thing I was brave enough to say because i hated it so much was do not put that all over my music and mm. i wasn't brave enough to say lots of other things but yeah. that i was because it changed the whole sense of what i was doing if he was doing yeah. what he was like twiddly and like we still and i i'm saying it openly because he knows we had so many fights about it. <laughs> <laughs> so i know he won't yeah. mind me saying it but yeah, um, yeah. you know i think the and and again it's just that he's a man I'm a woman we've got different things so I would have things in there like um baby and it was totally fine it was totally fine to sing baby at that point he was like Mm -hmm. oh god you can't put baby in again you can't do that (laughs) and I was like listen to flipping Carol King she's got babies all over the place and they're fine so there was some things that I did have to compromise on a bit but I was so grateful to be getting it finished and I've yes. learned so much from doing. And I think one of the things you brilliantly say on your course, or maybe it was in your podcast, because I'm such a super fan, Isabel, anything you say I want to listen oh. to, <laughs> <laughs> um, basically is that perfection is just ridiculous. You've got to get that out of the way. and. Yeah each time you make an album it's just like another improved version getting mm-hmm. maybe closer to something so rather than going this is my perfect album from 1995 Absolutely. and this is my yeah. perfect album from 2020 it's basically like yeah. it's just like you're on this little journey and yeah. as long as you're still doing it and getting it out there so that's why I stop myself scrapping the slightly songs yes. I'm not so
0: keen on there yeah.
1: because I just feel like if I take three off, there's only five yeah. left. And, and what do I do with that? So, you
0: know. Yeah. No, I'm really glad that you have decided to release them anyway, because like yeah. you say, Kat, you, what would happen? Well, you'd probably then decide, oh, well, I'll have to record another three or four new songs. And then yeah. you're having to try and kind of make it sound cohesive over the yeah. thing that's been recorded yeah. across the time period, of, you know, and, and then you're waiting it's... another year or two or whatever yeah. before you release it. and. Yeah. By then, maybe you don't like a couple of other songs. Exactly, or... exactly. <laughs> and I but think this is this what happens. Is as well, to people. this is yeah. people get into that trap. You of know, and I think,
1: and you've it's got also to see it as a process. Exactly, and also it's very easy. And I'm not shy of the fact that possibly it's very easy to sit back, going, yeah, yeah, no, I'm recording an album. Yeah, yeah, you know, no, I'm, I'm working on yeah. an album, yeah. um, but never having to show anyone it. Yes, yeah. So I do yeah. wonder if honestly. It could have happened a bit quicker if I was more brave because it's it's really scary saying really scary. this is what I've done and I'm gonna show it to you now. Like Definitely. I'm not even there yet and I'm still shitting myself about <laughs> it. But I'm the closest I've ever been and I yeah. know I'm gonna do it. Like I'm yeah. so yeah. determined. Yeah. So it's gonna happen. But um yeah. I do wonder if part of this seven years has also been it's very easy to go. I'm just so fucking busy. Yeah. I can't possibly finish that.
0: You know, it's not my priority. Yeah. When perhaps yeah. it should have been a bit more. Mm-hmm. And you I know. get what you're saying, where it, if you can tell someone while I'm recording an album, well, that's yeah. something that sounds very productive and yeah. very exciting. And you're keeping and... the dream alive by doing yeah. it,
1: yeah. but you're not actually committing to finishing it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I do wonder, yeah. unpicking my brain a bit, whether there was a. I don't think. I, you know, I totally, honestly, was ridiculously flat out and always am. And people yeah. always go, Kat, you're the fucking busiest person I've ever known. What, yeah. How do you fit it all in? But I've got this hunger, I've always had it, yeah. to just make life as much mm. as you possibly mm. can. And so mm. I've always had this weird energy. Um, mm. But, yeah, I do wonder if a little bit of hiding behind your yeah. procrastination has gone on a bit. I have to admit to that probably a bit. I want to be a person that says – yes I am a mum yes I've got a business but also my love is writing my songs recording them and releasing them and I just do that and I'm not waiting for some big bells and whistles to happen I just want that to be in my life
0: yeah and that's so empowering as well because you're like I'm not waiting for anyone yeah I feel brilliant now I know that yeah exactly and and I think the thing is is that it may be that like you say maybe if you release this one maybe it doesn't have any traction but like you say, unless you've put it out there, you don't know. And also it could be the next one or the third one or yeah. the musical that you write off the back of it or whatever <laughs> it is that we can't predict right now. Yeah. Unless you, put the, unless you start that ball rolling. Exactly. You are, you are getting in your own way and you don't know. Oh, my God. I so often am corner. saying
1: get out of your own fucking way. Just get out yeah. of your own fucking way. Because we are the people that stop ourselves doing it. I mean, yes, we can say, oh, you know, studios are all full of this and and it's just not the right place for women and stuff like that. But actually, just get out of our own fucking way, women, because we're brilliant and we can do it. And, like, it's so empowering doing your course because you feel lifted up on this wave of womanhood and sisterhood Mm -hmm. and, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, girls, we can do this. And I think that's the space you have made is so incredible because – I really needed that I think I really needed to hear that women it sounds so silly doesn't it because of course it's true but you get so sidelined into these little pockets of thinking and like you say all the time we're getting messages that we don't really know we're getting and you know it just makes you feel like it's not your place and it's not your place to be and I've parked all that and I've just gone look you just want to do it and like one of your podcasts says you know it is okay to just do music because you enjoy it. Yeah, and I love that so much. I was going, I was shouting, going, "Yes, Isabel! Yes, <laughs> it is okay to just do it because you love it."
0: Yeah, and so, but totally. that's taken me an awful long time to be okay yeah. with that. It it would be really interesting, actually, Cat, to know when you enrolled in Home Recording Academy, how did you feel about the time commitment because you. Of like it's clear you had a lot of pressure on your time Mm. already. Yeah. So how did you feel about it? Were you just like (laughs) determined, "I'm gonna do this," or were you really like shitting it, thinking, "Will I do this? Oh my god, what have I done?" I was totally the second one.
1: My main, main, main fear was the time commitment because yeah, I was like, "I'm so behind on everything already, and I am trying to crowbar in a ten week course." (laughs) It's not gonna happen. And and I kept saying to my husband, like I had about three or four days to decide before the early bed Mm -hmm. thing finished. And I'd go, I'm definitely doing it. I'm definitely doing it. It's gonna be amazing. It's gonna be amazing. And then the next day I'd be like, What the fuck do I think I'm doing? I'm up at two every night trying to get work done. I just can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. And he kept saying to me, Well, you just make the time and then we'd have arguments and and I'd go how can I make the time there is no time like I just like we you know we fell out about it and I just but something in me knew you were the right person to do it with and Mm. it was the right time for me in my life and what I was doing Mm. and I just knew that if I didn't do it then I would probably never do it and that really scared me because I just thought I felt like this was my um It was almost like you were offering me a life raft. It sounds really ridiculous and really over the top. But I'd been so struggling and in such a fug about my album. Mm -hmm. And I just felt a bit lost with all of it, to be honest, and really, really sort of cross. And I just was like, this is my way out. I I could see I felt like you were there going this way. If you don't come this way now, you may as well say bye to all this. And so it's all yeah, very, yeah. you know, imaginative and over the top. But um, so that yeah. was my feeling. I was feeling, shitting it. I'm never going to be able to do this. I'm an absolute yeah. idiot. Why am I doing this? I'm All all I'm doing is setting myself up to fail and that will make me feel even worse.
0: Yes. So that was yes. my thing.
1: And then yeah. I don't know where it came from, Isabel, but I think because I knew the momentous nature of it and how important it was to me. Yeah. I suddenly got this, um, just like a light went on or something. And I used to, you know, there's so, when you've got kids, there's so, I mean, before kids, there's so many boring jobs to do, but when you've got kids, like flipping 10 times them,
0: it's literally yeah.
1: like, you are always <laughs> cleaning, putting things away, washing. So I would get to the stage where I'd be shoving things in drawers going, well, there's another fucking hour I didn't spend on my music. <laughs> like it literally, I got, I was so angry that I was doing yeah, all these yeah. menial tasks. Yeah. And it was taking me away from what I loved. And so Mm -hmm. suddenly i got this light bulb moment. So this is point one. This is tip one for all those amazing women out there that don't think that there's time to do it when you've got family and all that shit. So basically I cleared away some of the menial tasks that were sucking Mm -hmm. the life out of me and stealing my precious time. Um, And like I said, I I sort of got to be beyond just frustrated with it all. So I basically made a rotor I've never done this before. I made a rotor of a few jobs that, if they weren't in my gift, that would buy me some time. Mm-hmm. So I basically did a rotor for my boys, and it had washing up on it, it had clearing the table up on it, and it had doing the recycling
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i did i made you know if if one night you did clear the table and did the recycling. The other one did the washing and swapped it Fridays off. I would do it on Fridays, but I knew that would save me about an hour. And I'm not saying like they didn't do it or my husband doesn't do it or anything like that, but it was things like that, that were clogging the system up. So
0: Mm
1: -hmm. that was my first thing. So I made this rotor Mm -hmm.
0: and, and I think that like, like you're saying, it's not like they never ever did it, but if you know, they're going to do it, then you know, you've got that hour yeah
1: exactly and
0: yeah and so that was that was a real eye-opener and I just thought well hang on a minute there may be people who are listening who aren't mums but it might be that they look at you know the way that they're spending their time and they're like well actually I spend two hours scrolling through my phone yeah you know even if like some of us will spend an hour scrolling through our phone first thing in the morning when we first wake up yeah And I think, you know, kind of transferring that into different people's lives, it could be that you just look at where are my biggest time sucks, where it's really not contributing to anything. It's not helping me relax, Mm. like in a true, like actual, you know, restorative sense. Yeah, Um, It's not helping me connect with people and it's not earning me money and it's not, you know, where are those time sucks? And if I can just get clear on how much time I'm actually spending on those things, Mm. what would happen if I, if I, dedicated that time to learning these really crucial skills yeah as and, a woman in music yeah and i think um you know i've
1: been really guilty of like when people say oh well you can find the time i'd always like no i can't i literally can't and <laughs> and and, and yeah. like there just is no time and i'm so stressed and i'm so chaos and duh, 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 duh. and i have to admit that knowing what was on my schedule and the fact that i fitted in a 10 week course I did find I'm not always saying it was easy and, and I'll go on to that in no. a bit, but um yeah. I did carve out bits and that was that's yeah. another salient point that I'll come to, but it's carving out little bits. Just kind of sit back, be kind to yourself, and just have a little think about your day. And just go, yeah. oh, I could have maybe done 10 minutes there or you know just just kind of yeah. just think about it in an unjudgmental way and get the stress out of oh my god I've got so much to do there's always deadlines blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. and just kind of have a little quiet think and write stuff down about wh- when you're doing things and stuff like that and I think that's yeah. a really valid thing to do and I think you will find that there there is a little start to carving mm-hmm. time out mm
0: mm-hmm. I totally agree yeah and I think just even getting that awareness like you say Kat of like um, it could be that over a few days you just look at what's happening in your day and become a bit more conscious of it of how you're spending your time and and what are the things that maybe you could delegate to somebody else or just say do you know what I can't do that Mm. because it's not as important to me as this other thing
1: oh my god that's you know, so, so yeah. many things
0: that we we like think we should do like yeah. we have to go and you know do this or clean the house yeah. before somebody comes over or whatever yeah. it is yeah or maybe you don't like if, if it's mm. not actually life or like, death you somewhere <laughs> that is important to you maybe you yeah. don't and I think that's the yeah. other thing
1: is that um just unlocking something to allow your focus to be your music just Mm -hmm. whatever it takes to unlock that thing that is stopping you and you can say it's time and for a lot of people it is time but there's also other stuff going on like you you know like you brilliantly expose in your course it's like it's not just that you haven't got the time to do it it's that you've got fear you're worried you know you're scared of it you don't understand it you haven't got a pathway through so it all just feels too much
0: and it's overwhelming um but breaking it down. And for many down, women, I'm just thinking for many women as well, I think it's a sense that we don't deserve it.
1: Yeah. You know, we don't deserve it. It feels
0: frivolous that time. Yeah. You know, that's what's so stupid. Mm-hmm. It
1: feels like I even remember saying to my husband, and he's a musician, so he totally gets it. I was just like, it just feels too decadent to, when I know all this other shit's got to be done, it just feels too decadent to spend time on me and my music. I mean, how ridiculous yeah. is that? We've only got one life here. We might as well be doing the things we want to do. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. I think it's unlocking that feeling. And the minute you allow that in and that becomes your focus, then you can shine that on every single decision that comes past and go, is that helping me with this? Yes or no? No, bin it. And it becomes an easy filter. Like once once you accept it and you allow it in, It's like the easiest thing because you now are on this path and you're not going to be deviated from it because it's taken you so long to get on it. Yeah, yeah,
0: (laughs) totally. And there's a clarity there and there's a confidence that just simplifies that inner chatter, I think. Yeah, it does. And I mean, um, so it's a bit kind
1: of point one really, but the second thing I did, which was really massive for me, is I called a family meeting. So I've got my husband and my two children And I just admitted to them how important it was to me to do this course. Oh, wow. And it was so mad because in doing that, I kind of admitted more to myself than anything how important it was to me to do that. And I felt if I got their support on it and they would do this rota, then I felt not quite so scared to take the course on because I thought, well, at least we've agreed that. So maybe I can do it. So, it, it, you know, and that was really big because, like, you know, my 12-year-old my sort of was going, yes, mummy, yeah, it's very important to you. Yes, I understand it. And um, and it just felt like I just wanted to show them that I'm not just yeah. mum and that yeah. I'm allowed to ask for something that is important to me. Like I I mm-hmm. take them everywhere. I do all their stuff, and that's fine. That's what mums do. But there was this one thing that was really important to me and um, that that felt really good. So, you know, if you're if you're a mum, I would say get your family in the decision and say, look, I really want to do this, but there's yeah. no way I can do it if we're operating like we are at the moment. So yeah. if you can really help mum do this, I'll be a happier mum mm-hmm. and it will just mean so much to me. Um and then if you're not in a sort of family situation and you're, you know, you're either with you on your own or if you've got mm. a partner, if you're on your own, just bloody talk to yourself and say, look, yeah. you know, this is really important to me. Fuck that stuff off. Let's just put mm. some time aside. Mm. And then if you're with a partner to say, look, you know, I need to sort of carve out some time for this can you sort of support me in this decision and so sometimes when I'm not able to do stuff don't go oh yeah we've just got to do this just know that that Mm -hmm. is a precious sacred time that I have made to do this course that I really really want to do so I think you really have to ring
0: fence it such good advice because like you say it's like you're you're kind of sharing it you're almost submitting it to yourself, mm. you know, you're announcing it to yourself, yes. but there's also, there's also then the kind of saying, well, and I need help. Like I, I need your help to do this. And it really yeah. means something to me, yeah. but it could also just be accountability. Like, even if you like, let's say you live on your own mm. and it's just that you have a friend who gets music a bit more than your other friends and you yeah. just have a call with them or sit them down and say, right, I want to commit to learning these skills Mm. and I know it's going to be lots of work but I just want to say it so that I do it yeah you know oh my god accountability accountability is one of
1: the most important things that I have discovered in the last two years yeah yeah I think they should teach that at
0: school. It's so Mm. fucking important. Yeah, totally, totally. And I think it's one of the reasons why I I felt that having a really strong community attached to Home Recording Academy was so important. Oh my God, it's so important. Yeah, just so important. Because apart from the fact that it's such a novelty to be learning with just other women, and it just yeah. makes you feel more, so much more confident to mm. speak your mind and ask questions. Yeah. But also that you know that you're going through it with other people and you want to turn up, and you know, when you've kind of shared your workbook from the last module yeah be able to say yeah i i've done this next bit or i yeah. have experimented with this thing or yeah. you know whatever it is and that's so important
1: yeah it is and like um another thing i want to say along those kind of you know carving out the time thing is that um yeah basically i think the fear in a lot of people is if they haven't got like a stretch of three hours or something yes. going on that oh well there's no point because i can't ever just get this like time where everything's quiet blah, blah, blah. and um the one thing i wanted to say and this is this is this is coming from a mum's voice is that you can actually do so much with a few minutes because mm-hmm. basically when i became a mum i literally shook my head at myself at how i had not used all the massive massive amounts of free time hanging from trees all over the place <laughs> before I was a mum right and yeah. um, I just think so using your vibe of like nothing has to be perfect and all that is that so for example when I used to do songwriting before I was a mum it would have to be, you know, the room was clear. Um, I had the perfect pen. I had a really nice notebook. I mean, I've got so many thousands of bloody notebooks. It's, I think I've got a bit of an illness about notebooks. Um, <laughs> everything had to be just so, so I could like, the muse could come and I could write. And it's absolutely laughable because basically now I can write songs wherever the fuck I am. So when I'm doing <laughs> like, um, before I do my sessions, when the mums turn up, you know, literally, I can do 10 minutes just working on a song or thinking of something, and it only takes a minute sometimes for a really juicy little idea yeah. to come in. And so now I never go, oh, my God, I've got – I can't even get an hour to myself. I can't write. I can't write. I literally just go, any moments I can find is a really good moment to do it. You've got yeah. your phone. You just go blah, 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 and mm-hmm. it's there. And so in the last year – I think I've written much better quality songs that are more meaningful, that are not so naive, that are a bit more intricate in the melodies than I perhaps would have done before, because I'm doing it every day, just like tinkering yeah. and doing little things. Like all of this is just on my phone, on the recording thing. It's like not in GarageBand or yeah. anything. It's literally just using my phone as a recorder, just to make sure I don't forget the idea. Yeah. Um. And I've got about. 10 songs almost ready for the next, for when I can do it myself. um, Yes. That are almost ready to sort of, you know, almost be songs. And it's just like, don't be scared if you haven't got a swathe of time ahead of you, or if you're going, no, but I need to carve out time to do this. Literally any minutes are good things to do. If you're spending five minutes reading something, looking at something that's to do with your focus of your music It's a brilliant five
0: minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think that goes for so many different things. Like, I I totally agree with songwriting. Um, But it could also be just even, like, using a new plugin for the first time.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, just, like, thinking, oh, I've I've just started to learn a little bit about reverb. I'll load up that reverb program for 10 minutes and just listen and tinker around, you know, for 10 minutes. Because the minute you're
1: in Um, it... You're in it, and you're doing it, mm. and and it's like that fear of turning on, and you're like, oh no, yeah. I, I'm not going to understand it, or oh, it's really confusing. Yeah. But then you've switched it on. As long as you go, I'm going to switch on the computer. I'm going <laughs> yeah. to press the logic. You know, yeah. it's literally just moment by moment. Make that like that was the brilliant podcast. Now, who was that? Was it um, was it Una? Oh, was it Una? Was it Una mm-hmm. when and she was
0: in front of the other? Yeah.
1: That spoke to me so much. And it was just like, don't think of the end goal. Oh, my God, I've got to go and do a live show. Or, oh, my God, I've got to, by the end of today, I've promised myself I will know how to use panning or, you know, all that. It's literally just go, I'm just going to sit down. I'm just going to turn my computer on. Mm -hmm. Just go through the steps Mm -hmm. because once you've done the steps, you're actually there and you start doing it. And you realize that all you're doing is another little thing. It's not a, it's just like, it's just takes the fear away a bit yeah I love that cat I think that's really good advice mm. really good advice. well that's totally stealing that from Una right. because she she really spoke to me but it made me <laughs> yeah. it really made me think that yeah it's the same as like I'll, I'll go to my computer and go I can't turn it on because I feel sick mm-hmm. I feel nervous I don't know what I'm doing I still don't know what I'm doing and mm. then you turn it on and then you go oh well, yeah I can remember how to get into that bit and you know yeah. it's just kind of that awful like in when I was young there was a book that everyone read it was something like feel the fear and do it anyway or all that sort of yeah, stuff yeah yeah and it's just like it's just sort of get on with it just get on yes. with it move yeah. the brain out of the way and just go through the motions until you're in it and then you're just getting on with it and if you can't mm-hmm. do it then you sort of you don't ever go oh my god I can't do it I mean sometimes mm-hmm. you do don't get me wrong but yeah, yeah. you do sort yeah. of go oh well what's this then you do once you're in it and it's on you do start sort of fiddling around with it and it's the fiddling that gets you somewhere isn't
0: it yes it is yeah or I should say twiddling shouldn't I twiddling yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's right well thank you so much for coming on the podcast it's been really really wonderful to talk to you and I know that what we've discussed today is going to be um really helpful I think for for people listening and i i just know that yeah your experience will have been invaluable in passing on like how you've carved that time out and how you how you've kind of talked to yourself differently in order to do it yeah i
1: really hope so and it's been such a massive pleasure um i love talking to you and um yeah i kind of um i will follow you wherever you go (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> but not in a creepy
1: way not in a creepy way not in a creepy way but um i yeah. just think you know i know everyone's like oh women talking together about this that and the other but i think yeah, this yeah. is really really important if you mm. want to do your music it's really important and um anything that isabel is doing you just have to get on board with because she knows what she's doing and um you know, I, I really hope that people listening um have picked up a few ideas because that would be amazing. I'd be so chuffed if there's, yeah. like, even if there was just one person that went, do you know what, I'm so tired of listening to that rhetoric in my mm-hmm. head mm-hmm. saying I can't do it, I can't do it, and maybe I can
0: do it. That would just be amazing. Wow. There were so many amazing points that Kat touched on today, and I just know... There will have been so many takeaways, whether you're pushed for time with work, family, health or a whole clusterfuck of other things. I thought it was really interesting how Kat described really needing to hear that women can record and produce music. And if you need to hear that too, please listen to me when I say, we can do this and we can do it bloody well. I could also really relate to how Kat felt so desperate to make her album, but that it just felt so out of reach and the anger that was brewing from being taken away from this calling minute by minute throughout the day. If this feels like your life right now, please listen to Kat's great three tips on carving out time. Take a sit down and be really honest about where your time is currently being taken up what are the biggest time sucks, how much time do they take and how much time could you dedicate to music if you redirected some of that energy. Next, tell people that you want to focus on developing your recording skills and that this will mean you might need their support. This could be like Cat asking your family to help out more around the house, but it could also be like we discussed before, just telling a friend for some accountability putting it out there is a really powerful thing. And lastly, remember that small bits of time here and there are worthwhile too, and will add up to incremental growth in your skills with recording and production. Sure, having three hours to fiddle around in logic is a privileged position to be in, but you can do so much with a focused half hour. All these bits of time add up. Most of all, What I want you to take from today's conversation with Kat is just how much gaining these new recording skills has meant to her. You can hear in her voice how excited she is to now be reconnected with her music and how proud she is of herself for facing her fears and putting time into these skills. It's so, so worth carving out the time for. Believe me, your future self will thank you for it. Now, on next week's episode, I'm joined by another fabulous guest on the podcast, The Anchoress, a.k.a. Catherine Ann Davies. Now, Catherine recently released her second album, The Art of Losing, which has won the hearts of celeb royalty like Elton John and Caitlin Moran. Not to mention making the Sunday Times Album of the Week and racking up four- and five-star reviews from the likes of NME, The Observer and Mojo Magazine too. But what is even more wonderful about this album is that much of it was recorded by Catherine herself in her own home, and the whole album was produced by her too. So naturally I had to ask her on the podcast. I can't wait to share our chat with you where she shares the events that led to creating her own home studio, and why it's such an important space to her as a woman in the industry. But till then, take care, and I'll catch you here soon. Girls Twiddling Knobs is hosted and produced by me, Isabel Anderson, with production support from Francesca O'Connor, and is a female DIY musician production. So, how do you like that episode, dear listener? If you loved it, And you know someone else who would love it too. Be a good friend and share it with them. Go on, spread the girls' twiddling knobs love.